The Keep Birth Wild podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land, sky and waters on which this project is produced, and we pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. We extend this respect to all First Nations people on whose country we live, birth and raise children. We acknowledge the ongoing leadership, resilience and commitment of First Nations people who continue to fight for their right to safe and culturally appropriate experiences of pregnancy, birth and postpartum, and we commit to continuing to explore our own role in that journey. Lastly, we honour and celebrate the ancient birthing knowledge and practices that have existed on this country for thousands of years. May this wisdom continue to nurture life for many generations to come. Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. In this episode I'm chatting to Nina about the birth of her daughter Sunday. Nina had one pregnancy prior to Sundays, which she chose to terminate, and then she went on to have some fertility challenges when trying to conceive again. Once she did fall pregnant, she was planning to birth in hospital, but decided to switch to a home birth as COVID unfolded, and it became clear that she wasn't going to get the experience she was hoping for in a hospital setting. Nina weaves a beautiful story of her birth, which was very long and slow until close to the end, and she describes those golden first moments after birth beautifully. We also discuss what postpartum was like in the midst of a stage four lockdown in Melbourne and how she recovered and nurtured herself during those early weeks with very little in-person support. If you're listening with little ones around, just be aware that there is a language warning on this episode. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today or or tonight as it is. (laughs) How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Would you like to start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your family and what you're up to during this strange COVID time? Oh, yes. Yes, it sure is very strange. Um, So I am Nina. I've got a beautiful little 17, almost 18-week-old daughter named Sunday. She's sleeping like a little log at the moment, thank God, (laughs) finally. Um, We live in North Warrandyte. Um, I live with my partner, Michael. He's a graphic designer and he's working from home at the moment, which is absolutely a blessing in disguise of this very otherwise crazy time for everybody. Um, Yeah, I've taken a little bit of a break. I'm studying acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine outside of being a mum I kind of put all that stuff on pause when I fell pregnant and I'm hoping to have like about a year off study so I can just really focus on being a mum and looking after my little girl and then I'll get back to it yeah Mm, amazing and yeah how did Sunday's pregnancy come about was she a planned conception or yeah how how was that yeah so she was very very planned a very conscious conception we actually um so my partner michael and i we've been together for over 10 years now and about three years ago we had an unplanned pregnancy and i was kind of like in the thick of my chinese med studies and i just started some a couple of little side businesses with a few friends like running yoga retreats and then um doing like a sourdough bread 
workshop monthly with another friend and like had all these pots on the stove and was like just loving my busy little life and then we fell pregnant and it was um yeah a bit of a shock for both of us because my partner was also very busy he just changed jobs and it was a really kind of like abundant fun kind of time in our life and we were both feeling really like career driven and just yeah having a really good time as a couple as opposed to any kind of family planning was not on our radar at all um so we actually ended up terminating that pregnancy and it was completely um mutual and I was really really fortunate actually to have a sense of kind of empowerment from that decision as opposed to um any kind of trauma I definitely had like an initial kind of like feeling of physical loss and obviously the hormone imbalance and stuff that you have after a little being leaves your body is quite intense but as a whole I felt um yeah really really empowered and like quite a sense of relief after we made that decision and I had that procedure done and um we kind of carried on with our lives for a while and then within a couple of weeks after the termination we both kind of just became quite obsessed with the idea of having a baby again. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was like this cruel timing. All of a sudden we were like, oh, my God, maybe we could have a baby. And, um, yeah, it completely took us by surprise, particularly me. I kind of was, yeah, thinking like, okay, great, I can just get back on with all the things I'm doing and my study and, you know, nurturing these little businesses and stuff that I had going and, then all, all of a sudden all I could think about was having a baby again, <laughs> which was, um, yeah, really interesting. But, um, yeah, we sort of started, I kind of just expected that it would all happen quite quickly. We gave it maybe three more months after we had our termination and then of just, like, not consciously trying to conceive. But then um, in the sort of summer of that year, we decided to start trying and, it took us, yeah, the best part of like two and a half years to fall pregnant again. It was really, um, really hard because it sort of um, seemed to happen just, you know, so easily the first time. And then um, just this, I just turned into this pretty obsessive um, baby wanting machine, actually. And it was like a really, really huge time for us. Like we went through a lot of yeah, pretty tricky times together, trying to fall pregnant. We're trying all these different methods, like Chinese medicine. I was going to all these naturopaths, just like spending so much money. We both were, actually. I was doing a lot of the work for the first probably six months, and then I'm like, maybe it's your fault. Maybe you're the reason we can't fall pregnant. And then my partner was going and getting all this stuff, and, yeah, it just wasn't working. And it was, um, yeah, really a really, really tricky time. So when we did fall pregnant, um, that was like due to so many factors, like many of them being like, I suppose, more spiritual realizations. Like I kind of like went through all these ways of like trying really hard and then just like surrendering, being like, okay, this thing is going to happen when it's going to happen. Like I'm going to stop trying for a while and had a few different um, encounters with like energetic healers and stuff like that. And that seemed to help really, really well in terms of just like clearing the body kind of story that I had um, stored from my termination. And then, yeah, it was pretty much two and a half years after trying that we um, finally fell pregnant with Little Sunday. And it was, 
natural, like apart from maybe a little bit more Reiki assistance than I had had previously, like nothing else had changed. Um, I was just feeling a lot more relaxed than normal and yeah, went away for my birthday and there you go. <laughs> there she is after all those years of trying what felt like literally everything we possibly could. It just sort of happened. So yeah, it was super conscious, like hyper obsessive compulsive conscious conception. <laughs> yeah, so quite the journey, quite the journey and then the just like absolute amazement when it, you finally get that test and it's positive. It's like after, you know, what felt like probably, you know, dozens upon dozens of negative tests and you finally get that little one with the two lines and you're just like, holy shit, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> Such a yeah. amazing feeling. Did you have any kind of um, fears or concerns come up about maybe it taking longer because of the termination previously? Or um... Definitely, yeah, because I kind of, I did do a lot of, um, when it didn't kind of just happen really quickly for us after I wanted to fall pregnant again, I started doing a lot more research um, and talking to a lot of my lecturers because um, in Chinese med you kind of have to learn a lot of Western biomedicine and stuff. So we've got a lot of like very um, qualified people at uni who know a lot of stuff about like women's health and the endocrine system and all this stuff. So I was kind of really picking their brains, just being like, what's going on? And like sort of talking about you know, all the signs, like the discharge and this and period, the nature of my period pains and all that kind of stuff. And I was kind of getting like the full bill of health from everyone. They're just like, look, everything sounds completely normal. Like my bloods were all normal. I had a lot of like hormone testing done and that was all like very, very healthy and normal as well. And um, that did offer me a lot of reassurance actually when I was kind of like okay on paper everything's fine I think I, I knew I did know in the back of my mind that it was probably my stress levels that were probably um, causing us to not fall pregnant but then also towards the end of the two-year journey I just yeah came in contact with this amazing um, energy healer um, she does like Reiki and she call, I think she calls herself like a spiritual counsellor and she just was like, listen, these things don't always work like this and really planted this idea in my head that, like, the souls kind of um, circulating around in the ether are watching. They're like, okay, here's my, here's my family. Here's the, you know, the family that I've chosen to come into. And they kind of, like, choose when they're ready to enter your body. So I, I really, really, that helped me a lot, actually. That was kind of that turning point I mentioned earlier, like, just going, okay, like, what kind of a person would want to enter into the body of this obsessive-compulsive, like, nagging woman? <laughs> You've just got to learn to, like, relax. And me and my partner started just sort of forgetting about, you know, the, that awful timing that you have to do when you're trying to have a baby. We're just like, let's just go back to just, like you know, making love and, like, having wines and going out with our friends and doing all this stuff in this awful cycle of um, being super uber healthy and not doing anything naughty and it's like, let's just relax a little bit more. And, yeah, I think that's kind of when Little Sunday decided to come in. She was like, oh, finally, <laughs> you guys are just relaxed and you're in love again and, you know, you're not trying too hard. And, yeah, it was, yeah, really 
a really, really good lesson, actually, for me, especially, just like learning to surrender into that and just, yeah, trying to slow down. And and that's needed for pregnancy and labour and birth and parenting. And... <laughs> so I, like, I, I honestly took that into all of this stuff. I was like, okay, cool, when that worked... Um, I think mixed with the like immense relief and joy of actually having conceived and having a little growing thing inside of me helped me relax as well. But like it was almost, yeah, that has been a really, that one moment of finding out I was pregnant, it's pretty much been like this beautiful cruisy downhill ride now where I've like really learned to slow down. The nine months of pregnancy were really, really um, quite a beautiful, calm time for me um, compared to what I had been like before. So, yeah. Mm, amazing. Yeah, I really, like, oh, so feel for women now who struggle with fertility issues, like especially in the kind of field of um, medicine I'm going to go into, like Chinese medicine, the fertility Chinese med sector is like huge because it works usually for everyone else except me. <laughs> it works quite well in like regulating hormones and cycles and stuff and often helps couples fall pregnant like relatively easily. So um, I think I'm, I often think that I'm actually quite grateful from having that experience because I think you sort of, it's really hard to understand what that's like unless you've been in it. Like, um, I know a lot of friends, like, so well-meaning would be like, oh, it's going to happen when it's meant to happen and, like, you know, your, your baby's waiting and da-da-da-da-da. And it's, like, it's so true. Like, all of those things are so, so true. But, like, when you're just in there and just every single month you're wanting that baby, it's, like, really, really heartbreaking. And, yeah, I am super grateful from that in that regard for having had that experience. So moving forward one day with my patients, I'll be able to just, like go there with them be like I actually know how you feel and yeah relate to them a little bit more on that emotional and spiritual level because it's yeah pretty tough very tough it just seems like there's so little not enough wow that's so hard like I really feel for you that I'm you know that's that sounds so hard you know like just acknowledgement of (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can just feel shit and I don't need to have an opinion or yeah, I don't need any advice. or give you advice. Like I can just sit here and just just hold it with you for a bit and Isn't that aren't they just like the best experiences with people though when you're going through a hard time? Like just someone like holding onto your shoulder and just being like, You poor thing like I I luckily do have a few friends who are like that who really just like got down with me and like went through some really tricky sad tearful hangouts and that was like the most therapeutic thing for me just like acknowledgement that it was like despite all my privilege which I was super aware of and I kept checking in on myself and saying that like when I would get really down in the dumps about it, I was just like oh my god Nini you have so much to be thankful for like pull your head in but then people kind of go like yeah that's true like that's really really amazing that you're putting that into perspective but also this is like really really hard and you're allowed to be upset about it like in scheme of your life and your dreams like this is really awful and have a big cry about it I was like oh my god thank you <laughs> it's need to be allowed sometimes <laughs> everybody needs just a handful of those friends I think oh, 100% <laughs> yeah and it makes I feel like it makes you a better communicator as well like having learned from the people that I really lent on in that time I've got like yeah that's kind of the sort of 
friend and carer I am now as well, just like full acknowledgement and just like validating feelings instead of always trying to find solutions and offer like, you know, my advice because like you said, like I haven't experienced everything and I could have all the best intentions but no idea what that person needs at that point. So just shut up and hold space for them. <laughs> yep, shut up and hold space. I'm going to get a T-shirt. Oh, my God, I was just about to say that. Oh, my God, that's so good. We can sell them on your podcast page. Yeah, perfect. Oh, I love that. Hmm. Yeah. So we might move on to your pregnancy with Sunday. Yeah. How how were those kind of early weeks after you found out? Did you have many symptoms at all? Um, the early weeks, no. I was um, pretty good. Like I was in student clinic at school, so like treating the public and felt like weirdly so energised. It was probably just like the emotional weight off my shoulders. I felt like really so happy and productive and everything. But then at about seven or eight weeks, I think, because we found out very quickly because I was taking heaps of tests, but about like seven weeks pregnant, I started getting pretty nauseous and then... Um, increasingly nauseous <laughs> and um, like had to pull out of uni nauseous like was vomiting a lot from about seven or eight weeks until 17 weeks it was like super super sick um, not quite like hyperemesis gravidarum sick which my mum had and I was terrified of having that because <laughs> my mum had had it but yeah like throwing up at least you know like two or three times a day and just lost a lot of weight and I'm already like a pretty slight frame so I was getting a little bit worried by how much weight I was losing and I was a bit nervous about if the baby was getting nourished enough and everything but um, yeah pretty much to the dot on the 17 week mark um, it just all cleared and I was really fine for the rest of my pregnancy like heaps of energy put my weight back on like yeah all the all the sort of you know, obs with my midwife and stuff were always normal and, yeah, so it was just that start thing. But I actually um, didn't really mind because from having such a long time of wanting to fall pregnant, I was just, like, so happy to experience anything that pregnancy was. I was just like, I don't even care, like, if I'm sick as long as she's still in there, you know. Like, I just was, like, embracing everything. Even when I was vomiting, I was like, my partner, sometimes I'd come out from the bathroom and he'd just be like oh my god are you okay and I'm just like yeah yeah I'm fine he's like far out like that sounded intense it's just like I was just so happy to be pregnant I didn't even care about all that stuff so um yeah that was pretty weird but yeah Mm. Mm. (laughs) and yeah did you know kind of from before I mean it took quite a while to fall pregnant so I imagine you had had a bit of time to kind of think about what sort of care you wanted but yeah how did you kind of come to the decision that you'd like to have a home birth oh so that is a pretty interesting part of the story actually so I had looked into home birth before I fell pregnant when I was sort of in my obsessive researching stage before we had the baby and I had already kind of decided that it wasn't going to be financially an option for us because my partner was working but um on like four days a week and I was studying full time so I only had like a two day a week job in like a retail shop and I was like oh there's just no way we're going to be able to afford that so when we fall pregnant I'll go straight to my GP and I'll get signed up for one of the um, midwifery group practice programs which we did get into at the Mercy so I got connected with a beautiful midwife there um, 
and felt, yeah, really supported by them. And, um, I mean, the appointments were pretty quick. <laughs> they were pretty in and out. But, um, yeah, I felt like, yeah, she was asking really good questions and was really happy for me to talk about, like, you know, a little bit more about my emotional, how I was feeling emotionally and everything, which felt really supportive. Um, and we would have actually carried on with having the baby at the mercy, but um, coronavirus hit. <laughs> so that was like, yeah, kind of really changed things. So I think um, I was probably about 20 weeks pregnant when it started getting like a bit of a big deal in Victoria, like, well, at least Australia, like everyone sort of started talking about it more and um, towards like 25-ish weeks, I think it was, a lot of the... Um, you know, procedures and stuff like that at the hospital were starting to change and with each maternity, um, midwife visit, we were quite, my, both my partner and I were kind of just like, oh, is this starting to feel a little bit weird? Like they'd kind of closed down the beautiful birthing suites at the Mercy. Um, they were making that like a sort of warded off area for um, in case they got coronavirus cases. So like not really a big deal, but it was sort of like everyone was getting lumped into the maternity ward then instead of the birth suites. And like you could no longer go for face-to-face -face visits. It was all on the phone. So I like, you know, I went, gosh, it felt like 10 weeks or something and I hadn't had like my fetal heart rate done or like any of those sort of signs that you find so reassuring when you're pregnant. And it was just, yeah, I started feeling less and less supported and less and less confident even though I was still you know doing reading all my books and you know trying really hard to prepare for the natural vaginal birth that I wanted um, it looked like it was just getting further and further away and at about 30 weeks we started looking for home birth options because yeah I just sort of it was so scary, coronavirus, at the start. Like, I, I've sort of gone through this phase with it. I'm much more relaxed with it again now. Like, that our numbers have started to go down and everyone's kind of, like, got this community transmission thing a bit more under control. But, like, six months ago, it was actually, like, I don't know if you felt this as well, but, like, it was so unknown and quite scary. And I just was like, if I go to the hospital, am I going to get it? Like, is my baby going to get it? And... I don't know. Yeah, it was just... Yeah, absolutely. And seeing what was happening in every other country around the world oh, and just waiting so for it to come and hit Australia, we didn't know yeah. what the response was going to be. And we've been so, so, so lucky. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, even though we've in Victoria here especially, like, we've had some pretty crazy enforcements. But, like, yeah, we got onto it and it hasn't been as catastrophic as they were thinking it was going to be back then when I was pregnant and planning to have a baby in the hospital. So... Yeah, and like 30 weeks we made the decision to um, start getting in contact with some home birth midwives. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a couple of friends who were like either had just had babies at home or were about to have babies at home. So they gave me some numbers of different people to try, even though I was like 30 weeks and I didn't like my chances of um, <laughs> finding anyone. But we did and um, the financial aspect was still definitely relevant but we um I just sold my car we had two cars so I was like I oh that's right another curveball to the story I'd lost my job as well so I wasn't working so money was getting yeah. even tighter and we we're like oh my god but because I wasn't needing to go to the city for work anymore we we're like all right <laughs> just like 
sell the car. We don't need the car anymore. Pay for the home birth. And Can't go anywhere with COVID anyway. So <laughs> yeah, and we often joke about it now. We're like, why have we sold that car? Like we would have just been paying two insurances and all the expenses. So sell the other actually, one. <laughs> totally. My God, actually, I'm just going to buy a horse. And all I need to, I only need to go down to the bridge in Morandai anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that and it was a bit of a like, oh my God, what are we doing? Um, we just felt like we were being a bit crazy at the time, but we were both very, very passionate about doing a home birth and we're like, this is the only way we can do it, so let's sell the car and just not look back and just go full steam ahead. And it was literally the best decision we've ever made because as soon as we started getting like private midwifery care, it was just like the mercy was great. Like it was actually so beautiful. I was quite surprised with how good the care was there, but it's just next level when you've got like someone coming and having an appointment with you for like two and a half hours, as opposed to 15 minutes. And they're asking about, you know, really intricate, like emotional details about like the days following my termination or like my relationship with my family, my mom, my sister, my grandpa, you know, like just felt so holistic and so, beautiful and um my partner too really loved that he was involved a lot more like she wanted to know about his family and what his birth was like and you know it just was yeah like getting this amazing counseling and purging all the crap from your life in preparation for becoming a family yourself it was really really special we really um loved it from our first appointment honestly it was just a wonderful yeah a wonderful experience Mm. Mm. sounds amazing yeah just well I, I assume like you probably would have had the same thing with your care as you just sort of they're there for, for you on so many levels not just there to help you deliver your baby like it's just such beautiful pre and postnatal care they just hold you so completely it's yeah I oh, yeah. imagine My... having a baby any other way now <laughs> Me neither. And my daughter is, well, she's 18 months in a couple of weeks and I still call my midwives be like, um, what do I do with people? Or, um, so you know, good. I'm having, you know, co-parenting problems or like really upset yeah. or like, you know, they've, they're still very much a part of my life and I absolutely adore them and still, you know, drop in and, you know, not obviously not with COVID at the moment, but in between we're able to drop in and say hi at the clinic when there was no yeah. client in and yeah, yeah it's really a friendship friend. Absolutely. yeah like such dear friends it's so beautiful yeah it's such a special relationship to form that's mm. so great and I, I would feel the same with my midwife like 18 months on or however long I feel like I could just text and sort of be like yeah I still text her you know like funny pictures of Sunday or <laughs> just funny little milestones or yeah just cute little things and it's just nice to have someone especially at the moment I think given that like hardly anyone's met Sunday like four people have met her and that two of them and me and my partner <laughs> it's nice just to have someone who knows her so well it's like another like an auntie yeah not related to <laughs> yeah wow what an intense kind of introduction to parenting for you as well we might yeah we'll have to have a chat about that for sure after. Yeah. But, um, yeah, how was kind of the rest of your pregnancy and heading into the last weeks? How were you feeling then? Yeah. Um, again, like very cruisy. It was um, I had feelings about Sunday's personality before she was born just based on how different I felt in my body. Like 
um, yeah, I'd expected myself to be quite, you know, highly strung and wanting to, you know, make sure everything was absolutely perfect. But I just was so cruisy and I was like, am I being possessed by my child? Like I just feel so relaxed and I never got, yeah, I never, my health stayed really, really um, like optimal. Like I just still had quite a lot of energy going into like late in my third trimester. I had a bit of like body aches and pains like as my belly got bigger and started to drop and stuff I had some like stuff with my sacrum and my sacroiliac joints and stuff but nothing that couldn't be fixed with like a chiro appointment like I was super lucky I was very very lucky yeah and I really enjoyed being pregnant (laughs) I absolutely loved it (laughs) I want to do it like 50 times but my partner's a bit freaked out about how hard being a dad is so he's already like oh my god are you sure you want to do this again but I seriously if I could be pregnant 10 more times I would (laughs) I loved it me too. I would love to have pregnancies and I loved and I'd love to give birth again. Yes. I do not want another child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, our, that's our dilemma at the moment. It's really tricky. Like I can't imagine that being the only time I'm pregnant and give birth. Like I love giving birth. But yeah, it's just like the thought of doing what we've done for the last, you know, 18 weeks with a toddler around. I'm just like, wow, how would that even be possible? <laughs> Mm. how do you do that unless you've got like an army of carers living in your house with you <laughs> yeah no yeah. totally agree maybe we can be surrogate mothers. yeah oh no <laughs> that's also hard but the people people need people so like hard. us like healthy bodies to make and birth babies <laughs> mm, i know i'd um I heard on another podcast a couple of surrogacy stories and mm. oh so so beautiful i mean it's just yeah. you know the ultimate kind of gift that you could ever give anybody but so so heartbreaking as well I think oh yeah it'd be very hard not to get completely besotted and attached with that little thing inside you Mm. and I guess if it was if it was going to be for a family member or something and you would still have a relationship with them Mm. that's something you know sort of different but if it's just if you have to say goodbye I don't know So how many weeks were you when you went into labour with Sunday and how did things kick off for you? Yeah, so I was um, Sunday actually such a little show off, came on her due date, (laughs) which is so rare, I know. So I was um, 40, I had an appointment on the Wednesday of um, my 40th week and my midwife was like, oh, like, I think we've got a while yet because she was kind of like palpating me and was like, oh, she's, she's, not, she's not really dropped in there yet, so don't get your hopes up. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was, you know, out and about like having this was in the break between, oh, no, it was before we went into lockdown, but like, um, yeah, you could still sort of hang out with people. And I was like catching up with other mum friends and stuff like the day before I went into labour, just thinking like I had ages to go still. Like, you know, cooking heaps myself heaps of meals to freeze for postpartum and just like, going on crazy long drives to pick up stuff for, like, the baby, like, on my own in the car, like, two again, like, two days before I had the baby thinking I had weeks to go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she came um, – she started to come – she was due on Sunday the 7th, and um, after a – I was doing these beautiful online Zoom prenatal yoga classes with a lovely woman out here called Michelle Greg Rowan, 
um, I would tune in every Friday and do her prenatal yoga class and it was just, yeah, so beautiful, such a beautiful little ritual and community given that we couldn't do face-to-face classes anymore. But, um, yeah, just about, you know, not even half an hour before I quickly just ducked in to do a pee before I got ready to do my yoga class and I had a little bloody show and I was like, oh, that's exciting. So I text my midwife and text my mum. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm just about to do yoga but, like, just letting you know I've just had this and they both are like, oh, that's exciting. Like, could be a little while still but, like, thanks for sharing. Let's stay in touch kind of thing. And then, yeah, did my yoga class was, like, doing some standing posture and I got what like a bit of a cramp and I was like oh shit I must have been like pushing it too much so I kind of just did chilled out a little bit and then again in um, Shavasana like at the end of the class Michelle does this beautiful like really long Shavasana in the prenatal (laughs) yoga classes which is so fun Mm. but I got another one I was like hmm okay that's interesting like the same spot that I was lying down and like wasn't putting any pressure on my belly or anything like that like I had been when I got the first one I was like oh weird whatever like that's cool and then I got another one (laughs) I was like okay they were kind of like about 20 like this consecutive like 20 minute little cramps and I was like holy shit okay this is pretty exciting so I sort of like finished Shavasana and Michelle would always sign off the class and just like cancel the Zoom meeting so you could just you know keep meditating or stay resting for a little while and I kind of was pretty sure that I mean it's so ridiculous because everyone says this when they're a first time but I was like I actually was pretty sure that my labor was starting like I just it's like oh god like my birth class has told me you'd think you're in labor but it's just like you know fake little ones you'll get fake little contractions for weeks but I hadn't had any of that and I was like oh okay it could be that but I felt really deeply like it was starting um and I got really emotional like this big wave of emotion came over me and I just started like all these warm little tears just I wasn't crying but I just had all these warm little tears coming out of my eyes like laying down in a little shavasana on my own in our bedroom and yeah I just had this beautiful moment and I just kind of knew it was happening I just had a really strong feeling so I had this led myself on this deeper kind of meditation to that I had been using throughout my pregnancy actually like as soon as I fell pregnant I kind of had um I call it like my little spiritual crew (laughs) so I'd like call in like really important people in my life who've passed away or who are still alive like my mum and dad are part of my spiritual crew for example but like I was laying after this shavasana and kind of like called in my little spiritual crew. There's like five women and five men and they all kind of like, I just had a little word with them all and I was like, all right, guys, I think this is happening. Like, can you support me and hold me and like keep me strong through whatever's going to happen for the next few days until my baby comes and just kept crying and crying and crying and eventually after what felt like probably an hour, I came out and like, told my partner and he was like really I just have this really distinct memory he was so excited because I was so chill and just like calm after my meditation I'd had a big cry and I was just like I'm in labor this is amazing I can do this like feeling really good but then my partner who's so beautiful but like very um loves things to be organized and loves things to be like just perfect he was like oh my god we haven't like set up the birth room and like I haven't printed out that poem that you want me to read out. And, like, he just went into this, like, chaos mode. It was really <laughs> quite cute. We spent, like, the night 
me having like these semi-regular but very chilled out contractions like making my birth shrine and like he's a graphic designer so he was printing out all these poems for me but like picking the perfect font and like making sure the spacing was really beautiful so we could put them up on the wall and it would be like visually appealing for everybody (laughs) yeah so we started on that Friday night that was a very long story but I really loved that part of the beginning of my birth journey it was just so nice to be a in a class with Michelle, my yoga teacher, who just supported me so beautifully once lock, like once COVID had started and we couldn't see each other anymore. Like I just was really turning to her often for support and like reassurance and the fact that it kind of started in her class felt really beautiful and then I got to have this beautiful moment on my own in the dark and yeah, it just all felt quite perfect. It was lovely. Mm. Yeah, such a gorgeous slow transition to labour as well. Like just mm. Yeah, you, you described it perfectly. I feel like I can <laughs> hold on to a little bit of that calm. and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a perfect state, like having just done a yoga class. Like what better kind oh, of pretty much the best do you feeling. need to labour? <laughs> the best feeling in the world, Shavasana. I just oh. I can stay there all day. It's, Honestly, yeah, yeah perfect it was time so to go into labour. <laughs> yeah, and it really just carried on. Um, so my sort of first stage, I suppose, um, was pretty long like um so it was Friday night at about like 5 30 ish when I started and then I slept through the night well I didn't sleep through the night but I kept having these contractions every they were very irregular sometimes they were every 15 minutes then it might be 45 minutes they were all over the place but very very mild so I actually was able to sleep a lot during that whole first night um and until the Saturday morning um so that was yeah pretty great so it was it was happening regularly enough that um, I knew, well, me and my like, care providers knew that I was in labour, but um, enough to rest. Like I was really, yeah, from the get-go, I was very passionate about like allowing, being able to get into the space to let myself rest. Like I, um, we did, my partner and I did die diddles birthing classes and she goes on a lot about them um in those classes about like how long that first stage can be and so I was I was pretty grateful that we had those sessions with her because I was just like you know we could be here for days so I didn't want to do all she says like don't do what everyone does and like go and eat all the curries and have lots of sex and run around the block she's like you just have to chill and like surrender to the fact that it's going to happen when it's going to happen and yeah I really took that on and was just yeah laying super low and yeah trying to sleep in between everything and oh absolutely and get some rest while you can because you're not going to be doing much sleeping for the next few days at least exactly yeah and that it was lucky I did because it did kind of like heat up quite a lot after that so the Saturday by the Saturday morning I woke up a little bit groggy because I hadn't had like a solid sleep I was kind of waking up with every contraction but being able to nod off in between um and then the Saturday came and it was really dropped off again so I was only getting a contraction like every hour hour and a half kind of thing and I kept checking in with my midwife and she's like keep resting honey like you've got a while to go like um let me know if they get like she only wanted me to call her if they got um to like every 15 minutes pretty much yeah she was like let's just I think 20 20 minutes or 15 minutes or something like that and I was like oh god okay so I'd have like a couple that might be 20 minutes apart but then it would be an hour until the next one I was just like okay like staying pretty calm still though like I was so 
in hindsight and reflection when I've reflected upon it, like, I don't know how, like, my pre-baby mind would have been frantically trying to figure out what was going on and try and solve the problem. But for some reason, I was just so chill. I was like, no, it doesn't matter. She's coming. Like, whatever happens is going to happen. And, yeah, it was just this weirdly calm like creepily calm <laughs> I don't know what was going on but it worked for me because yeah it meant I could keep that energy store up um yeah so all of Saturday daytime I was like made a cake for like her birth so I could have cake to eat after <laughs> after I'd had the baby and like I was still cooking things and doing all sorts of weird things like it was not very hard for me at all in that um that first kind of 24 hours even though I was in labor and the contractions hurt definitely like they were getting pretty intense but like it was never enough that I couldn't kind of handle it um and it was only until the Saturday night so once the sun started to go down on the Saturday they got a lot more intense and more regular so I got my mum who I really wanted to be at my birth um she lives about 40 minutes away and I was like okay it's getting quite painful now like do you think you could come over um by the way my mum's uh um she was a midwife like a hospital midwife many many years ago she hasn't worked in as a midwife for like 20 years or something but I was really adamant that I wanted her there just to sort of almost act as like a doula kind of thing for me um at my birth so I called her and she came over and was amazing like giving me lots of massage and she helped us put like the tens machine on and we kind of figured all that out so I was like getting a lot of pain relief throughout this Saturday night with the tens machine but they still weren't regular enough for me to um get the midwife over so um yeah we kind of just sat through the night and it was a lot harder for me to sleep that second night like I was um all over the house like <laughs> on the floor in our room I just was like needed lots of different like zones I had all these zones set up around the house and I kind of would just move around to different zones for a few contractions and then would need a change of scenery and then be like loving this particular type of massage for like two contractions and then hating it and then like yeah it was just this constant dance um and my mum the little friggin angel stayed up the whole time so I was still trying to sleep in between contractions but my mum was just like fully wired like so available the whole time like getting me whatever I wanted my partner was as well he was amazing but we were trying to get well mum was trying to tell him to sleep because she's like I want you to be awake for when the second stage starts because that's when you're going to be really important so she's like kind of sorted out with him like I'll do this stage and you can like have a good night's sleep and wake up tomorrow hopefully when things heat up a little bit more so she sounds like an amazing support person and it must have been so beautiful for her like attending attending her birth again but then especially the birth you know her daughter's birth I know. and her first so home special. birth she'd never been to a home birth before um and had her kind of reservations having studied in a hospital and worked in the hospital sector like the rules are very very different um for home birth and hospital birth but she was fully on board by the time it came to like my due date and everything so yeah it was just like such an amazing experience and she was it was so beautiful for me as well to see her in that role because she just went from like she's a very very caring mother and she still was very caring but went a lot more like business mode and I really needed that like I didn't want to be too like 
you know, people playing with my hair or like giving me gentle massages or anything. I just needed to be like really clear with what I wanted and people to just do it. And she just fully showed up. It was really lovely. <laughs> she was such a good support. Um, and we had a lot of fun, like in between my mum and I have a very, very humorous relationship. Like we've always had like, you know, taking the piss out of each other and stuff like that. And in between contractions, it was, we were actually having quite a lot of fun still, even up until that Saturday night when I was having a lot of pain like this and just hilarious little moments that I remember where I'd just be like really loud moaning and like, you know, have going so deep into my contraction and into my zone to like get through to the next contraction and then she'd just like remind me of some little funny joke and we'd just burst out laughing and then I'd be like, oh, stop, 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 I'm having another contraction and like I'd go in and out again if it's like hilarious. It was just, it was quite great actually. It was really good. I felt like it kept the oxytocin flowing. Like we were just all, yeah, constantly like in between like feelings of being very, very grateful and, um, you know, loving one another to just like laughing and then yeah it was yeah pretty I had a fun time I actually really enjoyed labor I'm so lucky to be able to say that but I had a really quite a fun time for the most part yeah (laughs) probably because of her and my partner and kind of how close we all are and yeah it was pretty special Mm. yeah through that Saturday night and then By Sunday morning, I was pretty rattled, like getting very, very tired. And mum was like, let's call the midwife again and just let her know because they still weren't getting regular enough. Um, And I was getting tired and my mum was getting really tired, um, bless her. So we were like, let's call the midwife and they can kind of like tag in sort of, like even if the midwife comes and then supports me for a while and goes back home for a sleep so my mum can have rest at least. So we decided to do that. Um, at about 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, um, I was sort of managed to have little bits of food. I was only having, like, sips of bone broth and, like, little bits of white rice and, um, yeah, not really eating too much. But I had a little bit of food while we were waiting for the midwife to come. And then, um, yeah, she got here and kind of just hung out for a while and listened and sort of observed me through a few contractions and, somehow (laughs) in their amazing way that they know what's going on with your body inside your body um yeah just was like I think they're a bit stuck like something is holding them up they're not in an ideal spot because I was having really regular ones which kind of like um, you know indicating that she was really engaged with the cervix and everything was going to go good and then it would like flop out and I wouldn't have any um, more contractions for like you know 45 minutes or something so she was like all right we need to jostle this baby around a little bit um, because I can see you're getting tired she kind of like gave me the option though she was like what do you want to do and I was like I'm getting really tired like I need this to start soon like I need this this next stage to start soon because I don't think I can do this for like I've got energy now but I don't think I can do this like coming and going contraction dance for another day say so I was like I'm pretty keen to like if you've got some ideas like I'm let's go there so she was like all right cool so she um got me on the floor on my back actually with my knees bent up and um she was on one side and my partner was on the other side and they um I had a rebozo underneath my bottom 
and they were kind of doing this thing that like felt like they were sifted. It's like two fishermen like sifting a fish out of a net or something. They were just like jostling my hips from side to side, like really pretty hardcore, <laughs> maybe like 15 or 20 times. And then on the 20th one, one of them would let go. So I'd get like flung over onto my side. <laughs> um, it was really like, again, like pretty funny. Like I had a few contractions while they were doing it. We did it for about maybe half an hour or something, just this like back and forth, back and forth. And then I get flung onto my side again and, um, yeah, that was I, – I stood up from that after about tw- half an hour of that and I stood up and I just was like, whoa, okay, wow, like something I, something had fully changed and it's like she, finally her little head kind of engaged because it was just like this intense down-bearing kind of sensation. I was like, wow. So she was like – midwife was really excited. She's like, okay, great, cool, that's good. We made some progress and then came out to another room and um, stood with my foot up on a coffee table for a couple of contractions and that sort of didn't really change very much it was just sort of like you know same kind of pain but then I did the other side and it was just like from that like from that moment on it was just absolute go time like it went really quickly it was about like before lunch just before lunch I think by the time I started going into really like full-on like cervix dilating everything's going very beautiful beautiful regular um, contractions from then on but yeah I had to get thrown around like a fish <laughs> I haven't heard of that one before I have to have yeah. a look on spinning babies and see if they've got yeah. any videos of that sounds interesting yeah it was we hadn't seen any of it either because in Di's birthing classes they go through all sorts of different rebozo techniques but we hadn't learned it there either so I was like yeah pretty um it's pretty surprising but yes yeah, so it went from like yeah just like, oh, my God, okay, here we go again, here we go again. And then I was just really excited, like not outwardly excited, but when they started getting more regular and I just kept looking at my midwife and she was like, beautiful. Like at the end of each one I'd kind of, for a little while at least, I'd kind of look at her and she was just like kept like giving me the thumbs up or just like a little confident smile or like a wink or something and just like reassuring me that they were really, really bang on. Like I can't remember. It's a bit of a blur now. I'll have to look through my um, birth notes, but it was yeah regular enough that it sort of um maybe it was every 10 minutes for a while and then five minutes and it was just progressing really really nicely um and I just did a lot of standing I had to keep my foot up that foot that got the good contractions going I had to keep that up pretty much for the rest of my um yeah while my cervix was dilating because that was obviously the position that the baby needed to like get into um, position so yeah I stood up for as long as I could until I got really tired and then I sat down on the birthing ball at the dining table here which is where I am now um, and just sat there with my foot up on a big brick and yeah just kept wailing at everyone my mum and partner and midwife all sitting around the table and I was like at the head of the table and I like just laughed thinking about it because I was kind of like holding onto the table like some I don't know knight with his I don't know I just it was really like quite an awkward quiet dinner party or something like it was just like no one was talking and I was just standing at the head of the table with my eyes closed just like 
screaming every five minutes and then it would be quiet again. It was like quite funny. Very dramatic. Um, it was so good. I was chuckling to myself in between just being like, this is so awkward, but like I love it. Like thank you all. And there was just it was, was kind of like a dinner party. There was all these drink options on the table and like little snacks. So in between I could kind of just like pick and choose what I wanted and yeah, it was pretty funny. Um <laughs> And I literally did the rest of my dilating sitting on the birth ball at the table because I would, like, try and – I think I tried to stand up a couple of times. Like, um, my midwife sort of suggested maybe you could get up and have a little walk or, like, when I'd get up to go to the toilet, it was just, like, absolutely exhausted. Like, I could – my body was getting to the end of its sort of energy and so I was just like, oh, God, I'm just going to have to keep sitting down. And we were making regular enough progress at the table anyway. So I think it was, um, yeah, just what I needed. And Again, I'd have to check my birth notes, but I was probably doing that for like three hours or so. And then um, the midwife got my partner to get the pool ready. And I remember it was at that point, you know, when you sort of start not being in the, like, earthly realm (laughs) you kind of like start retreating into your little birth zone and you're not talking as much and everything's a little bit hazy you feel a bit stoned and like I was kind of pulling into that space when um I remember them saying the birth pool was getting ready but I was like eyes closed like you know in the zone still but like okay that's a good sign I can hear them getting the birth pool ready that must mean we're getting close kind of thing I think this was at about like you know two or three o'clock in the afternoon like okay that's um that's reassuring I must be getting close that's really exciting and then by the time I got into the pool um I was kind of expecting the baby to come soon after that like I I don't know why I actually don't know why and I still to this day don't know why I had this idea but I sort of just thought okay I've done the hardest of the work now I'm getting into the pool and that's where I have the baby um And that was probably the only kind of crisis I had um, after, you know, probably two hours of being in the pool, still no baby coming. And my contractions got a lot less. It was friggin' amazing getting in the pool, that first step, like taking the tender machine off and getting in the pool and having a contract. I just felt like heaven. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm going to have this baby soon. But then as the kind of minutes and the hours went on I was like huh okay this is annoying they're not as intense anymore and they're not as regular and I started really doubting not doubting myself but just getting like oh dear like my battery's running out and my labor's slowing down like I need this baby to come soon like I can't like I there was quite a few times in the pool after like an hour or two where I was just like is this okay like is this going to be okay because nothing like nothing's happening and I'm feeling like I'm not having that intensity I was having and I really started to like yeah have a bit of a moment of like fuck like I'm not going to be able to do this um so this was yeah after about two or three hours in the pool probably and my amazing midwife was just like you are doing an amazing job like I promise you your baby is still coming like you just have to keep it might not be coming as soon as you think it is going to be, but, like, it's coming. It's, it is coming. Just try and be patient. And so I kept – I'd have these little kind of pep talks with myself or, like, my mum would make a comment or the midwife would make a comment and I'd be really like, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And I was talking to myself out loud quite a lot and, 
when I sort of start feeling the doubt, I would do like all sorts of weird <laughs> things that probably came to me from beautiful Michelle's yoga classes and like my Chinese medicine kind of background, but just like, you know, circling my arms up in the air and like pointing my fingers up at the sky, trying to channel like some kind of heavenly chi or energy to come down into my body and I swear it was working like <laughs> I'd do these like big motions and like try and pull some en back energy back into my body and I'd be kind of good to go again for another you know 20 minutes or half an hour it was like I really remember doing quite a lot of those weird movements and thinking like oh my god everyone's probably going to be thinking what the fuck is she doing but just doing it anyway <laughs> just being like I have to do this I have to channel like some energy that's not in the room or in my body right now and that felt really really like really really good to do that um and yeah I, I kept dip, dipping in and out and now I know hilariously even though I knew everything about transition and all of that kind of stuff like those moments I was having a doubt was actually me being in transition <laughs> I didn't know because <laughs> it kind of went on and I like yeah, it was. I could hear myself making much lower, sort of deeper, wobbly kind of sounds, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like that's a good sign," because I knew that that was sort of something that might happen later on when I was getting to full dilation and stuff like that. But it just didn't correlate to me in my tired, you know, labouring woman brain that that meant like we were getting close. But I was fully in denial that I was going to have the baby soon. Um, and at one point I remember seeing my mum wink at my midwife. I um, I had this beautiful playlist on that I'd made and one of my favourite songs came on and I started crying as I was singing the song out loud. And I was just crying through this song, like, you know, having a really beautiful moment, just like, oh, it's this Nina Simone song, which is this cover she does of um, Who Knows Where the Time Goes. It's really beautiful, but mm. it's basically like, you know who knows where it goes and I really felt it at that moment I was just like I'm in this moment right now having my baby and like time is slipping away from me and it just invited me to be right back in the present moment again and enjoy what I was doing so I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing again like classic transition presentation but I didn't think I was there yet and my mum I looked up at my mum and she winked at the midwife and I was like fuck, they think I'm in transition, but I'm not there yet. Like, I was still quite full of doubt that it was going to happen anytime soon. I was like, oh, my God, everyone thinks I'm in transition. It's just so frustrating. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm not close. Like, this baby's ages away still, but lo and behold, I was fully dilated and I was just about at pushing stage. Um, <laughs> I'm amazed that I'm kind of, yeah, I'm amazed. Like, my experience of, well, pretty much my whole labour was yeah. quite intense, but... I and not really able to have really even conscious thoughts or mm. about what anybody else was doing. I'm yeah, I'm really yeah, it's fascinating to me how you were kind of really able to channel your intuition and mm. soak into every moment but still kind of be conscious of where you were at in your labor and yeah. and having questions about that. It's yeah, it sounds it like very, you're kind of I wasn't, now. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be like that either like it was sort of um like I couldn't really talk or anything I was humming along with the music a lot in between contractions and like you know I was aware of 
what was happening to my body in the space and like kind of like little gestures that the three of them were making to one another. But yeah, like weirdly conscious as well. Yeah, it was really, I was quite aware of like what was happening. And like, I just so distinctly remember this thing being like, they fucking think I'm in transition. This is like, how am I going to communicate with them? Because I could barely even talk like outside of moaning and stuff like that. It was like so interesting (laughs) that I was still just in that little moment um, able to figure out what was going on. But yeah, it was, that was the experience. And then um, we ended up, I was getting kind of like quite frustrated, I think, um, with the midwife, not with the midwife, but with myself and my experience of my labor I was like I need this to happen sooner like I'm running I just was getting so so tired like fully conking out in between contractions like head on the side of the bath like drooling asleep like so asleep and like was would wake up for a contract and be like oh my god I can't keep doing this this is like I'm really really tired so I, um, after a few sort of like really serious, like, okay, I actually really need to, what can I do now? I need to do something else. She suggested we get out of the pool. Um, and I was pretty happy with that actually. Like I planned with her all along to kind of, I really, really wanted a home, uh, like a home birth in the water. I want to have the baby come out in the water and this is what I want it to look like. And so she was really supportive and I think probably let me go on a little bit further in my kind of weird, ah, help me stage because she knew I really wanted to be in the water. But then when I was like basically pleading with her to give me another option to hurry it along, she was like, we can try and get out of the bath. That might help. And I was like, all right, let's do it. We got out of the bath and it was the most pain probably of my whole labor, like getting out of that beautiful, beautiful warm bath with all of its like magic pain relieving qualities and into like gravity again was like I actually listened to your birth story Indy and I remember you saying a similar thing when you got out of it was just like wow like just this intense like pain and like bearing down and it was just like all the actual pain of the labor really hit me getting out I had to like they I'm pretty sure they like pulled my legs out of the bath like I was I felt paralyzed with pain I couldn't do anything and I kind of shuffled over to the toilet and we had a couple of contractions on the toilet which was really good because I hadn't got that pushing urge yet so I was trying we were trying to figure out if I like you know maybe try to go to the toilet if that would help kind of thing and um yeah it was really it really got things going it was like friggin intense but like I was relieved after spending so many hours in the bath and having it slow down so much I was so relieved to be feeling it again even though it was so painful, I was just like, oh, my God, thank God, this feels like a physical process again that is going. It's, like, moving and has momentum again. Um, it was, yeah, this incredible relief. It was beautiful. I really – it was quite a peak of my – like a peak memory for me just when that feeling came again, yeah. Mm, amazing. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, at what point did you start to feel the urge to push if you did? Mm. Yeah, so um, I kind of thought I was having <laughs> the urge to push. I was like, oh, I think I've got it a little bit. And the midwife was like, oh, like, go with it if you've got it. Like, definitely they're the things. And I was kind of like try doing these little, like, wimpy pushes because I, I think in my mind I was trying to make it come quicker. And I was like, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. So I'd try and push it. 
then when I got up off um, doing a few contractions on the toilet, the actual pushing urge came and I like laughed at myself the day after when I'd had a big sleep. I was like, lol, that I thought I had the pushing urge when I was like <laughs> in the bath and on the toilet because like, when it actually <laughs> comes, it's like so intense. I was like, oh, this is the pushing urge, right? Yeah, you don't like, think you might have the pushing urge. <laughs> I know. And I just, I just, I've never asked my midwife about that, actually. She probably thinks, thought that was hilarious being like, oh, no, I think, I think I've got it. I'm going to push. I'm going to push. She's probably like, girlfriend, <laughs> you're dreaming. But, yeah, then the actual pushing urge came and um, – that was actually the other peak of my labour and birthing experience. Like I just, oh, it was absolutely excruciatingly intense. Not painful excruciating, but just like so, so intense. But I loved it. Like I just felt like, oh, my God, even my eyelids were pushing. Do you know what I mean? Like every single tiny bit of muscle tissue in my whole body was pushing to get that baby out and it just felt like, so much power um and so I had a couple of them sort of just standing up and I'd be like oh quickly grab onto someone and like hold onto them while I kind of squatted down a little bit and then um my midwife and my mum were like all right scurrying around underneath me um in between contractions getting like towels ready and like wet mats and stuff like that because it was um I was getting the pushing or just like quite quick like really really close together um, and then I, yeah, had my partner, the midwife got my partner to sort of stand behind me because, um, yeah, again, she's like, no, that's right. I had a couple of pushing us and she was like, okay, this is we're very, very close. Shall we pop back in the pool? And I thought about it for a second. I was like, I really want a water birth. But, like, it was just feeling so good standing. Like I just like was so addicted to this feeling of momentum and that I could actually feel her moving down. And I was like, I actually don't think I want to, but let me have one more contraction and then I'll decide. Um, Cause I knew I didn't, she kind of explained that we didn't have much time sort of thing. And I was like, Oh God, um, I don't know. I don't know. And then I just was like, got this absolute, like a slap in the face, like don't get in the water from somewhere. It wasn't a voice, but it was just like this strong, it took me really, really quite by surprise, like a, this haze kind of lifted and it was just this full adrenaline rush of like don't get in the water thought. It was really interesting. I can't um, I can't really describe it as anything other than it wasn't me talking or it wasn't a message from myself. It was almost, I don't know, I've thought about it a lot and I'm like I wonder if it was my baby just being like, no, <laughs> I'm ready to come now, like please don't get back in there. Um, and it was felt really, really good to just like honor that thought. And um, my midwife maybe was a bit surprised, and my mum was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yep, yep, I'm fucking so sure. Like, I'm just gonna do this like squatting kind of thing." So I had my partner behind me, and he was kind of holding on to me, and he had a seat behind him. So then when we had contractions, I'd kind of like he'd support me to squat down to the ground while he sat, so he could sort of like stabilize us both and. Honestly, I was only pushing like really, really actively like that for maybe 20 minutes, I think. Um, and then she, yeah, she was like crowning and the head was born within probably three or four big pushes and then one more big contraction and she just flew out like 
absolutely flew out. My midwife got a video, which I'm so grateful for, just of sort of like just before her head was born. So she was crowning already and just before her beautiful little head popped out, the video starts then and it was like happened very fast. <laughs> she really was not like waiting around. She was ready to come out. Um, so she yeah flew out pretty fast after that. And um, she had her hind waters had broken so I had a little bit of the um, amniotic sac sort of like hanging out while I was in the bath and we'd all kind of just assumed that was the waters broken and you know everything was all good but her little head was still in the sac when she was born so um, it's had a little bit of meconium and stuff in it so she sort of came out and she had a sort of um, head wrapped in a little sac and my mum sort of flicked that off and meconium gushed everywhere <laughs> all my waters like just all over the ground my partner said one of his clearest memories of it um was firstly looking down when the head was born because we had a mirror kind of so we could see and he was just like oh my god Mimi, she's so beautiful like kind of yelling in my ear <laughs> just like oh my god you're so amazing this is so exciting this is so exciting and then the next minute he just remembers this warm fluid rushing over his feet and he was just like whoa what the fuck is going on like what's that um just, i don't remember welcome to parenthood that. just crap <laughs> everywhere <laughs> yeah warm stuff everywhere um yeah so that was quite um quite sudden she really made quite an appearance but I think it was you know definitely due to the posture I was in and stuff like um that was suggested by the midwife because I was really keen to just like have it over so my body could like not be working so hard so I think that was sort of why why she suggested that um super powerful birthing stance but I I actually really loved it I got a little um, second degree tear, like a very, very shallow one that mightn't have happened if I'd have been in the bath, but like it was kind of worth it in that moment. I really, really just needed it to all happen and to stop working so, so, so hard on the labouring and stuff. And um, it felt really, really beautiful. So, yeah, mm. it's pretty, pretty awesome. Just amazing. Mm. And did your partner pass her straight up to you? Oh, that's actually a cute part of the story. So because he was behind me, holding on to me, um, my mum caught her. So when I realised oh, it was like just before her head was, no, just after her head was born, so literally in the space of a couple of minutes because I'd always dreamed that I'd grab her out of the water and put her straight on and I was really quite attached to that. But when I realised in the kind of heat of the moment that my partner was behind me and I had my hands in his hands so I could stand up, I was like, fuck mum you're the next in line so I was like mum I want you to catch her so the midwife helped her sort of get ready with towels and like her hands were kind of um hovering underneath the baby's head as it was born and um one very quick detail that I thought was quite interesting um my mum's training as a midwife was in like the 80s I suppose and back then they'd like when the head was born they'd turn they'd grab and turn the baby and kind of like assist the delivery to pull it out so um it's quite funny in the birth video that my midwife caught um my mum kind of the head comes out and she goes to grab the head and my midwife's like no no no, don't touch it don't touch it like she's the <laughs> gentlest most angelic beautiful tender angel of a lady and this like quite fierce sharp little voice just comes in on the video and my mum's you can see my mum's hands like retract <laughs> it's quite funny it's just obviously instinct for her you know and 
I chatted mm-hmm. to my midwife about it later and she was like, oh, my God, I feel so funny. I feel so silly. Like it was only when the head was born that I realised your mum, your mum's like, you know, training like she probably was going to want to turn the head she's like oh why didn't we think about that but she just had to like quickly call it at that moment <laughs> just go don't touch it just don't touch the head I didn't hear any of that I was like in another world but yeah it's funny hearing it on video so then yeah mum sort of just hovered her hands under the head and then I spread my knees open a little bit more and um the baby sort of flopped out mum didn't do the best job catching the baby I have to say um <laughs> she kind of just fell on the floor <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was for only like a couple of inches off the floor but um she was she also like to be fair and to defend my mum it was like a cannon shooting out like I don't think anyone could have caught her she was so slippery and it came so fast so um <laughs> she did her best but she kind of like picked her up straight after and like flicked the the sack off her face and Sunday took her first big cry and then um I came down onto the ground, um, sort of just like assisted, the three of them kind of assisted me onto the ground next to her um, because I had a little, I was kind of bleeding. I had a bit of a hemorrhage, not a serious one, but I hemorrhaged a little bit from um, just as the head was being born. So the midwife really wanted to make sure I was just like down, sort of laying horizontally to allow the blood to clot and just to sort of assess what was going to happen with the bleeding and it stopped like as soon as, I laid down and clotted perfectly so everything was fine but um <clears throat> yeah I had to sort of lay down next to the baby and she sort of yeah just sat in my little nook of my arm and my partner and I was sort of just cradled around her and yeah it was that was it for like a good hour and a bit until my um placenta came out so yeah mm. Mm. so amazing those first first few minutes and hours my gosh oh it's just magic I'm so glad our midwife and my mum got some videos because it's just like I just remember like oh my god just such joy like such deep deep joy that I've never experienced before so I've only got like a visceral kind of memory of it but to actually see it as well like Oh, it's just so special to have those things captured but on video. I'm really, really grateful they got some footage of it because I would just have no idea what happened otherwise. I can only remember how it felt to have her, like, little warmth next to me. And, yeah, it was yeah, yeah pretty special. Most of my memories are made up of the videos now, weirdly, because I don't remember so much of it. But, um, yeah. Uh, I'm exactly the same. I look back at the videos and, yeah, now when I – now they're all I can remember is pretty much mm. – yeah. What, what's videoed. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and how was your third stage? How was the placenta delivery? Yeah, again, like, um, I didn't get any – I honestly didn't notice any other contractions or anything, like any other feelings of, like, tightening to um, do it. So as far as I know, the midwife's kind of like, all right um, – she was pal- no, she did some palpating and stuff. I think I'm, I actually, it's a good question. I don't know how she figured out that I was ready to do it, but she's like, "All right, um, we're gonna do this." Yeah, it was a good like hour and twenty minutes after the baby had come though, and she'd like um, had a little drink, and we were having a really lovely time. She's like, "Okay, we're gonna birth the placenta now. Are you ready?" And I was like, "Yep, absolutely." Like, kind of just wanted it to, you know 
carry on and like so I could get into bed and start snuggling her and feeding her and everything. But um, we yeah just sort of kneel. I kneeled up on the ground and um, <laughs> I didn't give much thought to what birthing the placenta would feel like. So I did. I did have a contraction actually, and um, the midwife said, if you'd like, I can like assist it to come out a little bit. Um, it might be, it might happen a bit quicker. Like if I kind of, I don't have to, we can go completely hands off if you want to. And it's up to you. And I was like, oh, again, like I was pretty keen. I was very, getting very tired again at that point. Um, I was like, no, I'd be happy for you to just gently sort of tug at it. She explained to me what she was going to do and stuff. And I was like, no, no, no I, I actually feel pretty right with you helping me a little bit. So she just she said she, in the end, didn't actually have to really tug at all, but I don't know if she just said that because she's really cute and wanted me to make make me feel like I did it on my own. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just, like, one contraction that it came out, but I wasn't um, I wasn't expecting to for it to feel so big. I don't know what – I'd watched a lot of birth videos and stuff, so I knew roughly how big a placenta was, but I kind of, like, looked after it kind of flopped out. I looked at her and I was like, hey! She was like, what? I'm like, you that was full on. Like you didn't tell me it was going to feel like that. It's like having another baby. It just like kind of laughed at me. It was just like, I'm like, are you okay? And I was like, yes. But I was just like in a bit of hilarious shock about like how intense it was. I was like, okay, cool. The hard, you know, I've had my baby, the baby's here. I just have to like basically just like pass a blood clot basically. I thought that's what it was going to feel like, but it was like quite intense and it was a bit of an, another little funny moment of me just being like, excuse me you didn't you didn't tell me it was going to feel so intense yeah <laughs> and you had a little tear a little tear as well so maybe maybe that yeah, kind of made true. it more yes I probably did feel that as well that's a really good point actually I hadn't thought about that but um yeah mm -hmm. and then little baby went over to um dad and he cut the cord and that was lovely and then me and Sunday jumped back in the bath to have a bit of a clean off because I had like bit of blood everywhere and she was still a little bit mucky and stuff so the two of us hopped in the bath and yeah had a nice little moment together in the bath before we um went up to the bedroom and just yeah she got all warm and wrapped up and I just got a bit of an examine my little examination in the comfort of bed and I was a bit cleaner and everything then because I'd obviously been sweating and all mucky for two days so that felt quite good and yeah that was pretty much it I don't know if that's you can say that's best. pretty much it when you're talking about birth and food <laughs> yeah. and I've been chatting nonstop for like ages, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's and that's not it because then you kind of at the very beginning of this oh postpartum journey and getting to know your baby and feeding and and then Isn't and then the parenting. Difference? Yeah, <laughs> and you know, nursing the tear and like caring for your body afterwards and all these things that just yeah, you just can plan for but you can't fully plan for them really can you it's just so much more intense than you ever imagined <laughs> no absolutely intense and beautiful but like full on like I had a, a bit of a shock um those probably only like one day one to kind of five I was like really really like needed my partner or my mum to like help me shuffle to the toilet like I just I didn't um, expect my body to feel like so traumatized by it like I was having no problems with Sunday she was feeding and everything was going beautifully and like outside of like needing to move and get up out of bed um 
I was great, but like, yeah, I was, I remember really distinctly just being like, holy moly, my body is screwed. And I wasn't expecting that. Like I didn't, that was probably the most traumatic part of my birth for me was the days following the birth. Um, yeah, just coming to terms with all the, the, just the pain and like that closing in again, like as the body kind of like everything kind of like starts to come back together and the bones just have been stretched beyond anything they've ever known. And yeah, that was um, a lot more intense for me than I realised, but I was super lucky to have like full, full hands on deck. Like my partner was obviously off work and my mum actually just lived with us for like two and a half, almost three weeks following the birth. So I had like a full, yeah, a lot of people helping me to get through it all. But um, yeah, it was, yeah, mm. something like I, I definitely hadn't prepared for what that would feel like. And I kind of wish I did a little bit, like asked a few more friends, like what it was like straight after, because um, that was quite shocking to me. And I feel like I was in the best possible scenario with like all the support I had and you know not having to shuffle far to the toilet and we've bloody you know got all the resources and everything you could ever want and need like food and water and heating and everything but um yeah to kind of communicate that to people to make sure that they've got like you know some support in those days because it's friggin intense yeah yeah I think one of the hardest parts I don't know if it was the same for you but um I found postpartum a real shock as well and I sort of thought I, I was prepared but I think what made it really hard was I just you, I couldn't anticipate I could never have anticipated uh, without having experienced it now that just the state that your mind is in and just hormonally and oh, yeah. the fuzz it, 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 it's actually for me at least it was impossible for me to think about what I needed and articulate it like I actually needed to be not just surrounded by people who were available but surrounded by people who knew exactly what I needed and would do it oh, before I even knew that that's what I needed because 100%, yeah. by the time you know what it is that you need it's probably too late <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it is and like you say it's just that hormonal kind of haze and you still haven't really slept that much because you're so besotted by your amazing little baby and even though you should sleep, you're staring at them or, like, looking at the photos you've taken off them when they're sleeping and just <laughs> ridiculous things. But, like, you're so tired and you just need – you're right. You need someone to step in and just sort of say – like, not even say, just do things for you. And I think that was – um super lucky in a lot of ways that um my mum was here because – my, I've got a very, very lovely, supportive partner, but, like, he's got no idea. He's never had a baby before. He's never birthed something, like, you know, like he can get teas and bring you food and, you know, help you get to the toilet and all that kind of stuff, but it's so hard and you're so exhausted and too tired to articulate how it's feeling and what you might need at any point. And so, yeah, it was really, really good having um, my mum here. But, like, next time around, we've talked about this a lot, my partner and I, like, if we didn't have my mum around for whatever reason, um, we'd probably hire, like, a postpartum doula, like, just save up and just make that one of the things we invest in over mm -hmm. anything else because it's just, like, that first, even just for a week or something, you know, just to, like, get you out of that really, really hard run because um, it's, yeah, almost impossible otherwise. Mm. Yeah, without yeah, getting absolutely. spiraling to a really dark place, which I know 
so many people do. And I almost did. And I had fucking two people at my beck and call for like the best part of three weeks. <laughs> and mm. I still was like, whoo, okay, this is a big time. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah. I feel like I could keep talking to you all night, but I know we've gone over time a bit. I know. Um, might have to wrap things up. Definitely no. I've it's so easy. I've not actually like said the full story like that to someone, and I'm shocked by how long that took. So I'm so grateful. Oh, it's a beautiful story. Thank you. Mm. Would you like to just quickly share just a little snippet of what? what life has been like welcoming a new baby to your family during COVID? And mm. I, just, I know that's such a huge question, but um, try and be quick. I think yeah. there's lots of people who are pregnant who are listening and it would be yeah. lovely if you have any any wisdom or any kind of um, or even just raw it's been like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely a little bit of both. Like, um in a way it's been like honestly for people listening who have a baby kind of due soon or whatever um it has actually been a beautiful time especially in that postpartum period being able to just go in and connect as a family or even just me and Sunday connecting and not having to worry about who's visiting that day or like you know just having to make excuses for not maybe not wanting to see people or like it's really intense. Like you go through a lot of emotion, different emotional states that I genuinely believe are easier to go through on your own with your baby. So you can kind of like, you know, establish a bit more of a relationship together other than being distracted by maybe like your auntie's advice on how to breastfeed. And then your mum comes and then your sister comes and like all these different inputs. Like, I just feel like I've just worked out so much stuff on my own because I haven't been able to have my regular maternal child health, like face-to-face maternal child health visits or like, you know, I'm kind of just going off the the knowledge and the I trust my midwife so much more. It's just this one person that I really trust and you don't have all this other input. And I think that's actually quite important in this stage is just to pick a method and run with it instead of like, getting tempted to listen to too many different people's opinions and how to do things or Googling it too much or, like, you know, getting distracted by anything other than what you kind of intuit to be what you need to do. Like, yeah, that's that's definitely one aspect of it. And then, of course, there's the really kind of pretty sad part that I'm getting more at peace with, but, like I said at the start, she's only seen, like, five people in her life and she's four months old like that's not exactly what I had planned (laughs) for it to be like at all um but I've gotten through that by kind of quite regularly checking in with um my privilege and all of the qualities of my life and um you know the opportunities I've had as a new mother as a new mother that have been really positive and surrendering to the fact that there's nothing any of us can do about this and if there's any way I can encourage you to take that uncertainty and just yes surrender into the fact that okay maybe that means you just have to do it a little bit more alone and you will be okay because you were kind of we're all sort of made and programmed to do this um 
So it is kind of a beautiful time to just tune in and have to do it on your own, you know, because you will get there. And I feel this immense sense of like, I don't know, I'm very proud of myself. I feel pride towards myself for having gotten this far and done what I know is an amazing job with such limited support, like face-to-face support. I've had a lot of support over the phone and stuff, but you feel really, really proud of yourself. You're kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. Of course, there's days where you feel like the shittest mother on earth, but like <laughs> I'm sure everyone does that, COVID or not. Um, but, yeah, like when you have good days or like a really good feed or something, just, you know, you really celebrate the small things because you know truly deep down you've done it on your own and you're doing a good job despite everything that's going on. So stay strong. You're going to be okay. And if you need to cry and have a big old wind, definitely do that as well. Make sure you've got people set up who you can trust um, just to hold you in that space and not um, try and offer any sort of suggestions. Just make sure you have a few good mates that you can just have a big whinge and a big cry to because that's incredibly therapeutic. And, yeah, good luck. (laughs) Big Mm. love. Thank you so much and thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me, Indy. It was so nice to finally chat to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved hearing Nina's story, you can find her on Instagram at Nina Grace Lake and see some more photos from her birth on the Keep Birth Wild website, as well as links to Die Diddle's birthing classes if that piqued your interest. And I look forward to bringing you another episode next week.